Hello and welcome to a brand new The Sleep Mums A to Z's, where we take a deep dive into parenthood in the hope to come out less sleep deprived and less covered in yogurt. I mean, what do you think I was going to say? <laughs> I'm Kat Kiwi, parenting journalist, broadcaster and food wearer. And this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert, sleep consultant and lady who likes to keep it clean. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Always, thanks. (laughs) Together, we are the Sleep Mums. In this episode of the Sleep Mums A to Z's, we're heading to H to talk hypnobirthing with midwife, doula, and owner of Born This Way Hypnobirthing, Lindsay McGilvery. Hi, Lindsay. It's lovely to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So I think you're pretty unique because you have all this midwife experience or midwifery experience, so you understand birth in a very intimate way, I guess. And you've brought that knowledge and experience to hypnobirthing. But how did you get there? What made you want to practice hypnobirthing? Well, it was something I had never heard of when I was training to be a midwife and kind of fell into this job by accident, I think. Um, I had only ever seen women birthing on their backs, on their beds, in kind of traditional labour wards. And one day I got asked to help out in a midwife-led unit where someone was using hypnobirthing and I had no idea what that was or what it entailed so I was really curious to find out more and when I went into this room to to help look after this lady she was the calmest person I've ever seen in my life in in birth and everything about her labour was very different to anything I'd seen before the atmosphere was really calm the birthing partner really just knew what to do the midwife was very respectful and kind of stood back and just allowed her to to go on with it and I was convinced nothing was happening. I thought this is going to be the longest shift of my entire life. And 20 minutes later, this woman birthed their baby without any effort, it looked. And it was absolutely incredible. And that was what started my obsession (laughs) with all things hypnobirthing. So I then um, worked in Paisley Hospital, worked in Wishaw Hospital as well as a midwife. But I kept getting kind of drawn back to things about hypnobirthing all the time. And I thought, I'm going to go and train in this. So originally it started as a bit of a hobby and has now become something I'm doing about eight times a week at the moment. It's more than a full-time job at the moment. And I absolutely love it. I think, you know, I know you're massively in demand. And I think that is because you bring all that experience and passion, obviously, as well. But um, you we'll come on and talk about about this I guess later but you know that real life experience rather than it just I know you've made it sound extremely kind of like hippie and beautiful that first experience that you Mm. you you saw but I think you know what sets you apart is that that combination of skills I guess yeah absolutely I think having that experience of being in that environment I know how to navigate the system I know how things don't always go straightforward and these are tools that you can apply to any kind of birth. Um, and I think that's a really good thing about having that knowledge that I can take into people's experiences and really make them feel confident about preparing for all eventualities because I've seen all eventualities. I am super excited about this episode because I literally know nothing about hypnobirthing. Didn't look into it at all. Yeah with my first because at my 20 week scan we were told that there was problems and it was probably going to be a section so I kind of shut myself away and uh, I was probably a little bit um 
annoyed at everybody talking about hypnobirthing and a bit negative about it because I was, I was yeah. quite jealous that they could maybe experience it. So I, I'm excited just to hear yeah. all about it because I know nothing about it. But, you know, Kat, while Kat and I were talking about it, she'd sort of said, you know, but, it, it, you know, you can have it in a section as well. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. So, yeah, I just I just want you to tell me everything. Like, I'm so excited to hear it all. So hypnobirthing is a full antenatal education course. But the bonus part of it is it's teaching you coping strategies and relaxation tools and ways to keep calm. And if you can keep calm in labour, it has a, a direct impact on how calm your baby is as well. Um, so that's it kind of in a nutshell. It's something I've been doing since 2012. And sometimes when people ask me what it is, I'm like, well, it's a wee bit of this and it's a wee bit of that. There's such a big misconception with the word hypnobirth. And I think people think it's it's something that it's not. They think it's you're going to be very out of control. It's not that at all. It's very much utilising a part of your brain to get into a deep state of relaxation. We work with the subconscious part of the brain and distract it really so that your mind is not taken over in labour and your body and baby can just go on with what they are perfectly designed to do. But for all birth experiences, it's really distraction techniques and coping strategies that are beneficial because otherwise getting into an environment you've never been in before or having a section if you've never had that experience before is very daunting and can be very frightening. So it's giving you management strategies to, to handle any situation. Do you think that we need hypnobirthing more now because we've been kind of bombarded a wee bit by images in the media, like both good and bad of both pregnancy and birth whereas maybe back in the day it was a bit more natural no I don't mean the birth was more natural I mean it was a bit more natural to kind of have that mindset that you just were like well this is what's going to happen yeah. do you think we have more con- con sort of contrived ideas of what it'll be like definitely I think most of the fears around birth come from things we have seen things we have heard and things we've learned through the years we are not born with a fear of birth it's something that we absorb and see social media is probably the worst as much as it's good it can be really bad for when you get a positive pregnancy test and you start googling things about pregnancy before you know it your feed's filled with very mixed things it can be very negative things but also really positive things and that can really build up our expectations of what birth is like ways yeah totally it can work both in your favor I guess and against you because they're as you said right at the outset there, there are so many eventualities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my gran was one of 16 children oh and I can't even imagine what that would have been like, but... You're pregnant for like over a decade. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But I think that was that was normal to just... You had all her, all her siblings were born at home. That was the norm where nowadays, if you want to have a home birth, that's more unusual than if you go to the hospital where that's just our, our culture that's what we learn that the birth is a scary frightening thing and it's it really doesn't need to be and that's what hypnobirthing really does it kind of taps into getting you to trust your natural instincts and trusting your body and understanding how it works because a lot of people don't even know what's happening when they're in labor and I think when you have that knowledge it's going to make you feel more confident is that not because it's quite different for different people though as well like you know people are yeah. going to experience um, you know, have whatever kind of birth you're having, they're gonna have different pain thresholds, have and have different, and yeah. have different expectations of what it's gonna be like. Yeah, absolutely, and different, different ways of managing that as well. Um, I mean, the, going back to the 
the thing that we're not born with this fear. I was really curious and did a little experiment with my kids that that's not what they knew it was. But I thought, I wonder when it changes. When is it that we stop thinking birth is this normal thing and we start thinking it's something to be yeah. feared? So, so like you said, I've got a five-year-old as well and she's all about unicorns and rainbows. And <laughs> anything pink and fluffy is all, all her life can, is consumed by. And I thought, I wonder where what she thinks about birth and she was helping me make up the little positivity packs I make for my clients mainly because she steals chocolates all the time and um (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) and she says mommy why do you put envelopes in the box and I said oh I get people to write down words about how they feel about birth and I said to her how do you feel about birth and I thought I wonder where she's at with it and the words that she came out with, I was really proud, but I also thought she's so conditioned to what I do because she hears so much positive things about birth. And she said, calm, relaxed, not bleeding. Um, you need to get baby toys. Obviously, that's very important. And I said to her, do you think birth is a scary thing? And she just said, no, it's good. And I thought, well, that's good that that's where you're at. When I asked my little boy the same question, he's very kind of straight down the line. So his words were, new baby, um, boy or girl <laughs> okay very good um but I said to him do you think birth's scary and he thought about it for a wee minute and then he said I think it might be painful I thought well he's been at school a little bit longer he's obviously heard things and then what he said next nearly made me cry in the spot because it was so cute and he said I think it would be painful because when you have a baby a little bit of your heart breaks because you give it to your baby and I think that would be a wee bit sore. Lindsay, you but, know I'm pregnant, right? I'm literally about to burst into tears. I know, I'm over the edge. <laughs> but, but nothing about birth being sore or gory or bloody or anything like that. And I thought, well, where does that change? And it is what we see. It's very rare you see soaps portray birth in a normal light. Um, movies, it's always waters breaking in miraculous fashion in the middle of the street and rushing to theatre and all that kind of thing. It's just not a true When reflection. lots of people have labours that can last days and days and days my guys you know we talk a lot about my labors because they were so different and harry loves his labor story um even though it wasn't the best labor he he really enjoys it and it's never been a problem to talk about it but then recently he watched friends and he watched the episode where rachel gives birth and he's been really negative about labor since then and it is from what we from what we see and i think it's it's everywhere. There's, it's, it's a bit like if you buy a new car, say it's a blue car and you leave the forecourt and you think, well, that's a really unusual colour. And all you see is things about pregnancy when you're pregnant. It's the exact same. You're drawn to these stories. You find yourself reading things and it just filters into your mind and can really make you think, oh, but what if that happens to me? And most of it's other people's opinions or experiences. And I was really cynical about using hypnobirth and I'll be really honest, because I had taught it for about two years before I actually got to use it myself. And I had two very, very different birth experiences, really, I think, just to test it to its max and make sure it's good. <laughs> so my um, my first little, um, my, my wee boy, so he's seven, he was measured in huge. So he was apparently well over 10 pounds. So I get induced at 40 weeks and three days. I had three days of induction and he just wasn't budging. But I got to nine and a half centimetres just using hypnobirthing, breathing techniques and it just allowed me to keep really focused and his head was in the wrong position and I chose to go for a C-section. So although technically on paper it was down as an emergency section, I didn't really feel like it was that. So your perception can really impact how you feel about your birth as well. Um, My daughter, she couldn't have been more different. She was a pool birth with no pain relief at all. So she was a V-back, so a vaginal birth after caesarean. So two very, very different birth experiences, but both times 
I don't know what would have done without the hip and the birthing because it was really valuable to keep me calm and also keep my husband calm. Otherwise, he would have been useless. <laughs> I think those personal experiences as well as your experiences as a midwife will, will also massively impact your yeah. work as a hypnobirther. Is that what, what I recall? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have quite set ideas about hypnobirthing. I mean, my husband certainly did. They see it as something a bit crunchy and only really for folk who want kind of incense and whale sounds at their very natural birth. I'm putting natural in quotation marks that you can't see um, because I don't like that phrase. But so is that what it is? Is it just a kind of, is it a hippie way of birth definitely not and I think that's what everybody's expectations are when I turn up at their house and I couldn't be less hippie if I tried (laughs) I think my husband would wish I would be a bit more chilled out with a hippie but I'm I'm definitely not (laughs) going braless stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) definitely not like that and I think that it's the word itself hypnosis has been used in birth as early back as the 1930s it was documented as used in because of the benefits of it. When women were calm, they were having better birthing outcomes, less need for pain relief, and their babies were eating better. And I know you'll like this one, they were sleeping better because it had been such a calm start to life. Um, so it was a doctor called Grantley Dick Reed that used hypnosis in his in his work, and he really found the benefits of it. And it was from that that it started. So have you read his book? Yes, yes. I tried. I really, really tried. It's hard going. It's really hard going. <laughs> it's the writing and it's so tiny as well, which doesn't make it easy. I'm trying, I'm, I should really know. Is, is it called The Fear of Childbirth Without Fear? Childbirth Without Fear, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is quite hard going, but it is good. But I think when people realise that it's, it's a science-based approach, there's no kind of pocket watches coming out there's no mind control going on they get on board with it and I think most guys start very cynical and I think usually by the end of the the first session we do four sessions but usually after the first session they realize that I'm not going to control their minds or anything and they get a lot more on board um and most of them really love it because they get to go for a nap which most men love well they find it really pragmatic actually I think which I think sort of really surprised them because there were so many things that you that you you taught us as well as it being about hypnobirthing there was a kind of a as you say it's an antenatal course as well as just being about hypnobirthing because I think a lot of people would think it's all about just breathing your baby out but we cover Mm -hmm. everything from pain relief options interventions what happens if your birth goes down a different route from how you imagine how do you prepare for that um postnatal plan how do you prepare for that because Getting a baby is not where it stops. <laughs> There's a lot more to consider, as you both well know. I know I, like a friend of mine just, just had a baby and be- before she did, she was going, she was saying, you know, it's this really, really big thing. And and of course, it is a big thing. It's, you know, and it's what your life work is. But I was like, it is a big thing. Of course it is. But it's also a little thing in a whole lifetime. Yeah. It is. Yep. And it's such a a small part of the entire journey you get with your baby. But I think if that part can be really positive, it has a massive impact. Mm -hmm. In 2018, the the City of London Hospital did a survey and it was all about post-traumatic stress following birth. And in 2018, the figures were 28,000 women had reported birth trauma. And every single woman that had filled in that survey had stated something happened in their birth that they didn't understand. Now, that's really where where my programme comes in, because I'm on a mission to make sure that that doesn't happen. 
the hypnobirthing really empowers you to question things and make sure the decisions that you're making are the right thing for you and not just because you've been told something has to happen a certain way. Um, and it really empowers you to to take control of your experience, whatever experience that may be. I think that is the thing, isn't it? That the fear of not understanding what's happening to your body, what's happening to your baby or what is going to happen. And I think yeah. uh, that's true. You know, I'm pretty well read and well versed in these things. Um, in general, obviously, it's what Sarah and I do and I'm also just generally very interested in it and also pregnant but there's been things that have gone on in this pregnancy that um, I really haven't understood and whilst the healthcare professionals that I've seen have been really great they also don't want to say too much I think at times in case to worry you and you know one uh, as I'm sure is often said when I went away from one appointment they said don't go and google it obviously went and googled it Everybody does. <laughs> and then spent the next however many weeks before my next appointment completely getting myself in a tiz about it because I didn't understand what it meant. And that yeah. is totally the basis of fear. And it's awful that those 28,000 women had PTSD from yeah. feeling out of control yeah, exactly yeah. yeah and I think so many people go into that environment and it's almost like you you can hand over your power to someone else but you might never have even met the midwife that's looking after you until that day it's a stranger mm-hmm. the doctor has you on their caseload but a lot of other people so you don't know if they know your history they're just they're looking after you and you assume that they they know what they're doing but ultimately you know your body you know your baby better than anyone and as long as you're getting all the information you can make an informed decision and it's about making sure you're getting that information because a lot of the time which is actually a type of hypnosis it's shock hypnosis if you go into an environment and someone says so this is what we have to do we need to get your baby out now most people don't even say why they just go okay and it's afterwards they go, I don't know why that happened to me. Yeah. And that's that's frightening and that is traumatic. And I mean, actually, like, you know, quite often as well, mm-hmm. you might find people who maybe have had traumatic birth experiences yeah. and they um you're t- if they if they are up for talking about it afterwards, um, they're maybe talking about it and this you can say, Oh, you know, did did you have forceps or something like that? And they'll go, No, no, I didn't and their partner will say, Well, you did. You know, and they just there are parts of it that they either block out or or they are in such a a state of shock that they are not processing what's happening, which is really tough as well. I think in terms of post-traumatic stress, when it comes to to sort of traumatic birth situations, that it's like if you've not even really if you've not consciously processed something that has happened, that's going to affect you hugely. Yeah, and not just you. Like I've I've seen partners who have really been traumatized from being at births, and it impacts relationships. It can impact the bonding that you have with your baby because if it's been really traumatic, every time you look at your baby, you you think back and you have flashbacks about that event, and it's about getting it right from the start. So yeah, I get a lot of clients who have had previous traumatic births, and I I feel so sorry that they've had to go through something like that to then find a new approach. Um. I get that's main, mainly my client group or first time mums and when it's first time mums I get really excited because I think well you don't have anything else to to compare this to which is good you're getting into it with a positive mindset and some some tools to help you navigate this process. Obviously you've said quite a lot already but you know how does it work when can you start and should you wait until you're sort of fairly close to the birth before you make a start? 
Um, just now because it's so crazy busy, I would say don't wait. <laughs> um, at the moment, because there's such restrictions on antenatal classes, there's nothing mm-hmm. at all at the moment. So I've been busier than, than ever. I've had people booking as soon as they've been doing pregnancy tests. I had a girl recently who booked at three weeks. She'd just <laughs> done a test. I'm like, are you actually pregnant yet? Wait till we find this out. Um, and at the moment I'm booked up till March so it is booked up well in advance so I would say if you're if it's something you're keen to do get the dates booked mm-hmm. I don't take deposits until people have had their scans but I get the dates secured so they don't don't miss out on it um ideally I think the best time to start is any time after the 20 week scan because then you're feeling movement and it's a lot easier to kind of bond with your baby and mm-hmm. just have that that focused time I think life is really busy and we don't always take time to stop and if you think about other life events weddings holidays think about the planning you do for them yeah and other people just turn up at the hostel and hope for the best when it comes to their birth birth is a massive life event and you can prepare for it and preparing for it doesn't mean you're preparing for as Kat says incense sticks and singing kumbaya it's not that at all it's about getting knowledge I mean if that works for you you know I mean I, I, I'm not knocking <laughs> okay, it go for it <laughs> um but it's about getting knowledge and becoming empowered and just really understanding your options and your choices and mm. doing what's right for you on the day the course that I teach I actually launched my own program during lockdown um, just because I, I wasn't busy enough homeschooling and running a business I thought what else could I do <laughs> so um I wrote my own hypnobirthing program just because there was a lot of additional training I've done that I really felt people could benefit from. Um, So that's why I did my own. And it's really good to see it in action and see people using it. But the difference it makes, it's incredible to see. You get people going from really apprehensive, unsure of what to expect, to just thinking, oh, I can't wait to do this now. Like, I'm ready to meet my baby, which is exactly what it should be. It's a, a birthday party at the end of the day. It's the day you get to meet your baby, whatever way they come into the world. <laughs> Best birthday party you'll ever go to. That's so true, actually. What a nice way of thinking about it. It's certainly not not how I thought about any of mine. <laughs> no, but it is. It's all about perception and mindset. And it's about just, I think when you, you've got plans and you've prepared, you feel ready. And it's it could go a different way from how you imagine. But if you've got ways to help deal with that, then it's going to be still a positive experience. Because it doesn't always have to be like, as I say, pain-free births in pools. It can be plan c-sections it can be emergency c-sections and it's just about having ways to to take the control back and that experience I, I think that is so interesting so like fascinating for me that you know the c-section point of view I just you know even my plan section at the end it just never would have crossed my mind to think about hypnobirthing. Yeah. I just had crazy music. I mean, I think Harry, eh, sorry, Alfie was delivered to some sort of um, mental rock song <laughs> in the background. I mean, it was just, that does not sound very calming. Although maybe it was for you, as we say, you know, if that's your jam in the same way that you don't have to start listening to classical music when you have a baby. Listen, each to their own. I, re- I remember looking after a, a woman in labour once in the background music was a GB experience. So each to their own. <laughs> I just wanted to apologise, by the way, in case I'm squeaking, because I'm sitting on one of those balls, um, the big blow up balls. <laughs> that sounds wrong suddenly and, and it keeps making squeaky sounds. So <laughs> if you're wondering, that's what it is. No problem. 
think my husband's greatest fear was that because of the word hypno, the whole thing was going to be like that time we're on holiday and we saw a guy get hypnotized and run around like a chicken. Like, so we've yeah. spoken about kind of um, mindset, I guess, and we've spoken about it being empowering and we have, you have, you know, touched on that hypno element, but it, what is the hypnosis element on a bit? Because I think when you talk about it, it doesn't really sound like hypnosis to me, but essentially that is yeah. the core idea, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it is and it isn't. The, the hypno part is really just deep relaxation. If anything, you're distracting your mind with visualisation, with breathing techniques, with relaxation tools. You're really just keeping your mind busy and focused on other things. So if that's if your mind's distracted, then nothing's going to stop your body taking over and doing what it needs to do. Because what happens is we have such an amazing response in our body for when we're scared or frightened. And it's called the fight or flight process. That if you're running down the street and someone starts chasing you, fight or flight kicks in and adrenaline is released. Now, when adrenaline is released, it sends blood to your arms and your legs and your heart and your lungs to make you get out of that dangerous situation. In order for your uterus to work to birth your baby. <laughs> unless you're like a total thrill seeker. Yeah, exactly, unless you like that kind of thing. Um, when you're, you're in labour and your uterus is working, what it needs to function fully, like any other muscle in the body, it needs blood and it needs oxygen and it needs energy. If you're scared or frightened, that fight or flight process kicks in and it stops the uterus muscle working because it's not a vital organ in that process. So all the blood will move away from your uterus and all the oxygen moves away from your uterus. So it goes to your arms and your legs, your heart and your lungs to get you out of that dangerous, perceived danger that your, your mind thinks you're in. So your uterus will stop functioning, which slows labour down, which makes everything feel more uncomfortable. And can because you're drawing oxygen away from it, it can make your muscles really overworked, really overtired, painful, and can cause stress for the baby as well. So by using techniques that keep you calm and relaxed, it's allowing oxygen to go to the, the uterus where it's designed to go, blood supply to go where it's designed to go, which keeps your body functioning as, as it should and keeps your baby happy and healthy as well. I was reading about this in, in terms of, it's a way less polite way of talking about it, like in terms of fight or flight, but the sphincter law in terms of the fact that they did this study where, you know, people had to pee in front of researchers and they were yeah. able to pee in front uh, or go to the toilet. Maybe it was also... I don't know, number two, but um, they were able to do it at home, but they weren't able to do it in a kind of scientific setting um, yeah. because I guess it is that fear factor. And that's true. So many, like, you know, even family sometimes can come in and I'm like, oh, no, you stop the pee. <laughs> yep. yep, it puts you off your, your track. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. If you think about the way animals give birth, they don't go into a room has to go onto a bed, put their legs in stirrups, so a big bright light shining on them and someone saying, when did you last pass urine? Can I check your blood pressure? They go somewhere private, dark, and they go on with it. And we are the same. That's what we need. We need to be uninterrupted. We need to feel safe. We need to feel supported in order for all these natural hormones you have in your body to work. And you have two hormones in your body designed for birth. Oxytocin is the love hormone and it is responsible for your uterus muscle contracting. And you've also got endorphins, which is your natural pain relieving hormones. And that's what the hypnobirthing tools teach. It's how to access oxytocin and endorphins, which will make you feel comfortable and allow your labour to continue as it should. But I guess this also goes for, you know, as you're saying, either both emergency and planned C-sections, because your body response 
to those is important too. So if you kind of have a, a kind of ways of coping with the stress and anxiety of yeah. what's happening around Absolutely. you, then that would be beneficial. I do, like, do you think then that maybe hypnobirthing needs a bit of a rebrand? Because in some ways it's about tapping into kind of um, the, your monkey brain, your more animal brain but I think there is this feeling of it being what well, we've spoken about both being a bit tree huggy or a bit like a, a fear of that you're going to end up doing something you yeah know. I completely agree sometimes I wish it wasn't called hip and birthing but that's what people say to their friends that they've done so that's what people search um yeah that's what they google to, to find classes but it's not and I guess the more people that do it the more you know that it's not like the guy yeah yeah and I think a big part of it is going it's not like that (laughs) that's what a lot of people say to their friends (laughs) it's not like this just do it and you'll find out because it is it's just that word it conjures up an image of kind of stage hypnosis shows mind control and it's it's nothing like that if anything it's just really nice to to lie down and and take some time out and do some relaxation and bond with your baby which is is a really lovely thing to do and especially for you Kat when you've got baby number three in the way you know it's really difficult to find time to stop and just focus you're so busy busy with other two so now we know what it is and what it's not you might cluck during childbirth or more accurately (laughs) in my case moo but it's nothing to do with being hypnotized um so how and I guess you've kind of already covered it in terms of talking about you know the fear response but like how does it actually work if you are to do hypnobirthing we've talked about the practical course but do you have to listen to tracks every day do you have to tell your things every day do you listen to it in in labor or if you're going into the theater um like what is the actual process without giving your secrets away it's it's definitely repetition is the key to success so what we work with is the subconscious part of the brain. So the subconscious part of the brain's the biggest part. It's about 88% of your brain's capacity. And that's where all your memories are, where your imagination is, where every single story you have heard about birth, whether positive or negative, is stored in there. So that's what we work with to kind of relearn birth. We use a lot of visualisation. So we watch a lot of positive birth videos. And especially in my course, we watch positive C-section birth videos. We watch positive induction birth videos. We watch lovely pool births. There's a a big variety because, as I say, it's not just one type of birth that this is for. Um, We do a lot of visualisation. So I get people to write down what they would imagine their perfect birth to be like and think about that often. We do lots of relaxation tracks to listen to, breathing techniques that they would practice. But what I love about it is it's, it's not something you need to, to do like eight hours a day of breathing practice. It's something you'll fit into your life. So before you go to sleep at night, you practice a few breaths, stick on a relaxation and go to sleep. If you wake up in the middle of the night for your 10th pee of the night when you're pregnant and you can't get back to sleep, stick on a relaxation. You can slot it into your life, but it actually becomes quite a nice thing to do especially for people when it's not their first pregnancy because it gives them that kind of chance to stop and focus on the current pregnancy. I have to tell you, I've been listening to you in the bath recently, which is <laughs> a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing where I get taken. I was in Aberdeen for an overnight one night. <laughs> Very portable. As are we. <laughs> in terms of kind of feedback from your clients and things you I know you've spoken about um a wee bit about kind of research into hypnobirthing and and how it works and, and certainly anecdotally that's what you've experienced but do you think that it empowers people to have 
different experiences of birth however that birth is you know definitely and I think more than anything it's the confidence to question things that people don't know they can do so I have a lot of clients that say oh I've been told I have to do this at this stage or they won't let me go by this date and they're going to do this at this stage and ultimately it's their decision and I think that's what a lot of people really get from it they say I didn't know I had a say in that and I didn't know I had a choice and of course you do the hospital doctors and midwives are not allowed to not allow you to do anything you're you're the boss you're the the person growing the baby it's your body and I think that's the biggest feedback I get that it gives people the chance to kind of stop and reflect on is this the right thing for me and my baby or is there another option? Could we try something else? And really just giving them the, the control back and their experiences. I had a, a client who had a, a breech birth um, plan C-section um, and I do a C-section preparation part as part of my course and she'd been listening to the C-section relaxation and she was so excited about her birth. And I think normally when people say, oh, you're having a planned section and people always have to say something about it. And she says, oh, I can't wait. And she, she just said it was the most positive experience of her life. She just said it was amazing. And that's what I want people to come out of their births feeling is that was amazing, no matter what way it happens. Yeah, wouldn't that be uh, such an incredible gift? Yeah. Yeah, it would have an, a knock-on effect as well. I've been at a lot of home births, as a more as a birth doula, um, where people have had their children there. And some people, it's, that's not for them. Some people, it would be what I they quite would fancied want. it, but my husband was like, we'd have to sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for young kids to see that and see how normal it is, is then going to make them not have fears of birth as they grow up. It's just normalising something that, that is normal, but we've kind of stepped away from that. It is a normal physiological process, the same as coughing. We're not allowed to talk about coughing at the moment, but sneezing and going to the toilet and breathing these are things your body's designed to do you don't wake up in the morning and say to yourself you know I'm going to digest my food today your body does it it knows how to do it and your muscles are designed to birth your baby in 2018 there was a woman who gave birth while she was in a coma so she was completely unconscious and her body birthed her baby which really reinforces the fact that it is a physiological process if your mind is is really distracted your body will move your baby down and out it does it all by itself doesn't um dick grantley reed also talk about someone giving birth in uh, asleep yeah yeah i i had a um one of my my friends actually and she won't mind me saying but her her first labor was four hours with her first baby and I, re- I remember her texting me saying, I think my waters have gone. And I was up feeding my wee boy at the time. I said, oh, it definitely sounds like it. Get to the hospital. And she said she was in the pool. She had like LED candles all around the pool. And she was sleeping in between her waves or contractions. And after the baby came out, she said that she was robbed of her labour. I was like, well, I've never heard that before. She wanted more of it. Just when I was really getting into it, a baby came out. <laughs> your words. I was like, how rude. How rude of that baby to turn up so soon. <laughs> and she she had another one 15 months later. And that happens quite a lot for my clients, I have to say. <laughs> As a midwife yourself, how do you find um, health, health professionals respond to hypnobirthing? And has it changed in the last few years, do you think? Yeah, I think when I first started teaching it, a lot of midwives would say, hypno what? What's that? Now it's it's really well known. There's been so many celebrities have used hypnobirthing. It's in the media a lot. Um, it's not this kind of weird, wacky thing. And to be honest, 
the benefits for them are, are really good. If the partner knows how to support, it's making their job much easier. It means they can go on with their checks, the paperwork, and just making sure everything's within normal limits, but they're not really having to do as much emotional support unless it's required. And the fact that the couples have tools and techniques to help them cope makes it easier for the midwife as well. And they know what's going on in the, the day, which is easier for the midwife. They're not having to explain too much to them unless they, they want to know more. Well, that's good. And, and hopefully that that goes all around, you know, that the more, well, the more mainstream it is, the better, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And there's definitely a lot more people teaching hypnobirthing now um, than there, there used to be. So it's definitely something that more and more people are aware of. It's not so much a, a strange thing. And a lot of hospitals do teach it as part of the, the NHS. But a lot of that funding has been lost. And especially just now with, with COVID, none of those things are, are running. So they're more kind of specialised for, for people who have had previous C-sections or previous traumatic births. So first time mums probably wouldn't get a chance to get access to it on the NHS because the waiting list will be really long for it. But it is something that a lot of hospitals use, especially where they have midwife-led units where they're a bit more focused on kind of low-risk birth. But I guess also it's important to find someone you connect with or at least that their values and ideals connect with yours. Even, you know, hypnobirthing is an umbrella term, but, you know, there will be lots of practitioners out there who don't specialise as you do in sort of C-section or VBACs and you know, so it's worth looking for someone you connect with, Absolutely. I think, because in the same way, as you're saying, you know, when you, you go into a medical setting, sometimes you don't always have an immediate rapport with someone, I guess, having a rapport with your hypnobirther. I'm using that word again. <laughs> I've totally made it up. No, no, it's, it's really important because it's, it's a lot of time you're spending with someone like the course that teaches four, two and a half hour sessions. It never, ever goes to 10 hours because, as you can tell, I talk too much. But um, it's it's a long time. It's a big investment. So you need to make sure you're trusting someone and they have your back and they understand your worries and concerns and you're not just a number. And I think one of the things that a lot of my clients really like is that I'm always at the end of the phone if they've got any worries or concerns or questions. And there's no such thing as a stupid question. But just now, especially just now, you're lucky if you see the same midwife twice there's it's so busy in the hospitals it's just a lot of stress a lot of anxiety surrounding pregnancy and birth just now and just to even have someone at the end of the phone can make all the difference into how your experience feels and hopefully that can take a wee bit of pressure off as well if it you know um because I know obviously midwives are hugely stretched at the moment and that's really tough because a lot of them are feel that they're not able to give the care and attention um, that they would otherwise Absolutely. and that, that that's rubbish for them as well really so. really difficult time to be working in hostels just now Absolutely, yeah yeah more support for midwives for sure absolutely <laughs> so hypnobirthing is becoming more and more mainstream as we all feel more comfortable that it's not going to make us run around like chickens Parents are coming to it for loads of different reasons, but mostly because they know someone or have heard someone say how much it helped them. Like anything around birth and babies, there are loads of variations in approach and the kinds of support offered. The reason I find Lindsay and her approach so refreshing, as I've said, is that she sees it from all angles as a midwife and as a hypnobirthing advocate. She knows that birth can go down or otherwise, in many different ways, up and out, 
<laughs> not always in the ways you expect. And her advice and courses cover that. It's not just a one birth suits all situation. Personally, I have found hypnobirthing to me really useful, not because I feel like I've been hypnotized or because I necessarily feel it hugely altered the outcome of my births, but because I'm a huge believer in mindset. And as Sarah and I often talk about in terms of sleep, thinking things through, because it doesn't necessarily 100% mean it will happen that way, but it does give you a foundation to work from. Thank you for joining us, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. Sarah has learned a ton and you've reminded me I better get organised with this baby coming. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Whatever tools you decide would be useful to you, there's support out there. And I know Lindsay would be happy to answer any questions you might have, although she's obviously booked up for a fairly long time. You can find her under Born This Way Hypnobirthing on our website and on our socials. You can find us on there to come and say hello at The Sleep Mums. And if this is the first podcast you've listened to, we have over 50 episodes now available to you to help support you. So have a listen, subscribe. And if you fancy leaving us a lovely review, that would be awesome. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. Thank you so much. I think that's so interesting. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.